Hello friends, it's Phil and look today <laughs> I have a probably a relatively relatively huge confession to say that I love asparagus and let's just say the very simple byproduct of asparagus is uh, the smelly pea and look there is very few food experiences that lead to I told you so <laughs> kind of experiences the only other one i know from memory um is is probably really hot curries or really hot use of really hot chilies in curries that kind of leads to a kind of painful conclusion if you get me drift but look the asparagus thing came to mind today because in my local farm shop uh, I popped in today to, to grab a coffee on the way home from the gym uh, because it's the time of year where I'm getting pre-season fit, by the way, just for reference. Actually, I'm relatively fit anyway, but but at the moment I'm pushing a daily regime just to get fit and strong. But where was I? Yeah, so I basically left the gym, went to grab a coffee and lo and behold, I love that saying, by the way, Lo and behold, there was fresh asparagus there. And I thought to myself, hang on a minute. Hang on. What's happened to the year? It can't possibly be the end of February. When actually down in Cambridgeshire, particularly from memory, where there's lots of asparagus produced, it's the start of the season. But look, I was only being merely a bit daft, really, if I'm honest, because it's the other side of the middle of February, which means that it's right at the beginning, the very start of early season asparagus. Yes, my friends. And here's the thing about asparagus that I love the most, being really, really simplistic and kind of just giving you a little, 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 little bit of a thought to think about for a few minutes, briefly. Best way to have asparagus. There's two ways in my book. No, three. There's three ways to have asparagus. One is just get the freshest asparagus you can get. And if you can go and pick it yourself or go to a farm where it's picked fresh, go and do that because then it is the early season asparagus is super tender. And actually all you need to do with really early season asparagus, particularly the tips, let's say, as opposed to the longer bit, which might be a bit woody, but not if you get fresh asparagus. Is all you have to do is just chop it up into a green salad or even this be even simpler fresh asparagus tips chopped up salt and pepper and light olive oil that is on the money just the job perfect as it needs to be but just keep in mind that even that level of preparation will lead to the asparagus pea my friends the asparagus pea and apparently you can have an asparagus pea within 15 minutes of eating asparagus <laughs> the second way i enjoy having asparagus for reference is cooked in a pan sauteed in a pan in butter lots of pepper 
and then rock crunchy salt just as you serve that's it on its own hot in a pan bish bash shouldn't say that i hate that saying but the um just butter really nice butter really nice salt and really nice pepper just simple get it, it they're like do you get the thing about asparagus it's the start of the new season and you don't have to play with it very much to make it as good as it can be the third way which is quite enjoyable but it's a bit early in the season for most people to do this buy quite like an early season barbecue yes my friends barbecue asparagus is delicious lightly barbecued then a little bit of salt and pepper and a little bit of olive oil delicious delicious anyway this whole asparagus discovery and experience got me thinking now i don't know whether you've seen clarkson's jeremy clarkson's series two of clarkson's farm and no matter what you say about jeremy clarkson and i'm not really particularly well read around his political persuasions all i do know is that he pops up in conversation because he tends to say really buffoon things from time to time but that's part of his dna and i'm not going to apologize for it he is who he is right but what i'm going to talk about more importantly is something that i've spotted in series two of the farm and because of the buffoonery and the tomfooleriness of the whole thing it kind of gets it gets lost and i thought i'd basically try and like asparagus try and lift it from the ground gently and present it to people because it's going to be easily passed by a bit like a fresh asparagus really but the thing is what jeremy talks about and what he's doing and what he's investing in quite a lot of money is sustainable localized food production and sustainable enterprise relating to food production now in series one and into series two he's definitely been learning about it he's definitely been getting the rub let's say from the local council to say that you must only buy your produce and only sell your produce within 16 15 16 miles of your location and asparagus is uh, well actually no um avocados were one of the culprits in season one they don't grow locally do they and the other one in this series that is uh, not grown locally is his t-shirts the t-shirts may be printed locally let's say but they're certainly not the t-shirt material is definitely not local so he's not able to sell them and he's kind of come up with this um inventive entrepreneurial way of selling the overstocks on the t-shirt that he can't actually sell anymore what he is selling is you can buy an apple or a potato or a brussels sprout and with it you get a free t-shirt a free tote bag or a free hat so in effect he's getting rid he's running down his stocks of the the, the non-localized product by selling local products 
But look, let me just focus a little bit on the thing that I think is really interesting. And it also goes back to a conversation that I've had recently with um, a, a fairly senior guy at Dyson who has talked about localization a lot about the Dyson shops, the fact that Dyson are looking at localized sustainability, very much so. But look, before I go down that rabbit hole or badger hole, as in the Clarkson's farm scenario, what I'm gonna say is this whole series and today's incident or opportunity or discovery of asparagus kind of got me thinking is it possible to basically feed my family locally? If it is possible, and it is going to be possible, right? What is the meals that we're going to eat? And in Clarkson's case, <clears throat> Jerry's and, and what they're doing in the farm, they've got beef and they've got chicken and eggs and they've got potatoes and they've got chilies, and they're buying in other vegetables from local farmers, and they're buying in pork from local farmers. So there's a thing in this, right? There's a real interesting narrative. There's a sort of an underbelly of opportunity. There's an underbelly of discussion that doesn't fit into Clarkson's buffoonery, let's say, but actually, if you look at it really carefully, and if you look at the, the, the discussions and the reactions to do with some of that manifestation of localized sustainability, inward investment, and all of that, um, it's all there, it's all there. And it's really, really, really interesting to think, and I don't think modern lives really allow for it very well. I think it was much more relevant, the idea of sort of local produce, engaging with local produce. I think it was much more relevant and much easier about 20 years ago, probably before the internet, before it was, it was much easier to just buy what you want by the click of the button. You didn't, now you don't have to think about where it's come from. But actually, I think it's really, really interesting to try and discover, yes, um, engage with, explore the localized, the localized networks, the localized supply chain, the localized emporiums, the localized farm shops, the localized, the localized everything. It's like, if you can only travel 15 miles to get everything you need. Actually, if you think about it, his limitation of the farm shop supply is 15 miles, right? But actually 15 miles is a long way. It's a really long way. And obviously being in North Yorkshire, within 15 miles, I reckon there is an awful lot of everything you need to sustain, to sustain, well, to engage in that localized supply chain, that localized network, that localized experience. 
So there's my point. I think Jeremy and Caleb and the rest of the gang and Charlie and all of the other characters are, and the production team are creating a series that is highly engaging. But the narrative and the story is not as obvious as you, as it could be in terms of the positiveness of it. But look, I think maybe it will come in series three. Maybe when he gets, you know, maybe when Jeremy gets through the buffoonery stage and he gets into the the farmer stage and then he becomes a spokesman for an ideology maybe that's kind of like jeremy clarkson's third life kind of thing you know he's moving out of his automotive mode of buffoonery and into this this caring production localization farming sustainability stuff i think there's a really 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 interesting underlying narrative which got me thinking, I love that saying. I think that's one of his sayings, by the way, but I'm not quite sure. But anyway, look, if you're interested in what I'm doing in Northwest, uh, North Yorkshire, let's say, um, pop over onto my website, allgardening.co.uk. You'll find out more about what I'm doing locally. And also probably you'll see some of the ideas that I'm trying to build that are kind of intended to be local, but might require a bit more, a bit more, a bit more thinking, if you get my drift. Anyway, look, I'm gonna go, because I'm rambling. But look, thanks for listening. And um, hopefully this spring, you will enjoy your asparagus pee. <laughs> oh God. Anyway, look, um, I'll catch you again soon. Take care, ta-da, bye. Thank you.